0: Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Dave Gurney. I'm here, as always, with Joe
1: Hilliard. And we get a fun new guest this week. We do. It's uh, This is interesting. Yeah. She is the owner and operator of the official... Corpus Christi Horror Club. Her name is Ronnie Martinez. Hi, Ronnie. Welcome.
2: Hi, hi guys. Thank you for having Thank you
1: for being here. This it, is so exciting. It's, it only seemed right. The first episode. Yes. Of all horror October. <laughs> so let's get it up well. mm-hmm. Yeah. Really nice. Somebody
0: who lives and breathes and organizes.
2: David, she wore an her.
1: Argento shirt to the recording. So, <laughs> That's well, it. Uh, I mean, talk Ooh, about brownie points.
2: I have an actual bat. Like I'm actually wearing the a mummified. <laughs> that
1: is okay. very nice. There was a bat in Suspiria as well. We that. have a lot to exactly. talk about. Yes, we do. Oh, oh yeah.
0: yeah. Before we get into film, which we are dying to get into, oh, literally yeah. dying to get into. Um we are going to get some beer in our glasses and for the for this episode, um we're, we're going to be looking at two masters of Italian horror. We we've dipped into Italian horror before. But here, you know, kind of rounding out at least the the three big players in the realm of Italian horror mm-hmm. with this episode. And first up, we have uh, a filmmaker who's well known for introducing a lot more blood onto the screen than filmmakers before him had had and kind of setting the trend for the increase in blood volume in films. And the film itself has blood in the title, folks. So it made perfect sense to me when I was perusing the shelves that we might pair this first film of the episode with a beer from Three Nations Brewing called Royal Blood. Um, this is a blood orange ale Ooh. so maybe not quite as you know scary as 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 <laughs> as some beers might be um, but hopefully tasty and their description says the beer was made for the queen and king and all of us premium blood orange and majestic citrusy aroma make this brew unique and refreshing don't lose your crown trying to find a beer you like enjoy it to the last drop we've had these uh, folks from three nations Joe you were saying three times before that's no? right this is number four. Number four. Out of Carrollton, Texas. So sticking with those Texas brews here. I'm excited to try this.
1: Uh, Ronnie. It's very colorful. Your first time here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about your beer world. Some of our guests are not beer people. I don't know what category you fit into.
2: I'm in a, I am in. used to drink beer uh, until my body said no. <laughs> I do occasionally. And if it looks interesting and I'm like, I'm d- dying to try. It's so like, I'm like, I'm down for this uh, drink right now. Uh, I used to drink Young's uh, Double Chocolate Stout, actually. That was your one? Yeah, I'm a chocolate person. And okay. that was just like, that was my go-to. Uh, Stella Artois. Mm. I have been to Canada and to direct
1: a few weeks ago we did a non-alcoholic chocolate milk beer would you like some because they're in my refrigerator i'm never gonna drink these i don't mind
2: yeah i will i will drink your chocolate milk
0: (laughs) they they weren't bad but yeah Uh it's 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 something else um i'm definitely getting blood orange on the nose on this like once i poured it I mean mm. it, it's got kind of a general citrusiness, but it is yeah. distinctly blood orange. Right? Actually, I,
2: do. I like it. Yeah. I now, the really co- co- enjoy the colour
0: isn't maybe as red as we no, want it to, no, to get the lot effect blood here, but uh but the blood orange aroma I'm excited about.
2: Yeah, yeah. I taste that and actually it's it's a very orangey color actually. Mm-hmm. Well which is a marshmallow beer is orange, doesn't it? But yeah, no, it tastes amazing, I have to say. I agree.
0: Well, we're we're gonna enjoy this mm-hmm. as we sip and discuss. The first film of the episode Joe you want to tell us what we're uh, going to be talking I would, about
1: I would like to I love the idea that we're plugging two holes in the beer in a movie like universe two <laughs> filmmakers we have never seen you know any of their work on the show before and right. we get to plug that up today with Mario Baba and Dario Argento it only makes sense, right, that we're checking these off a list almost. <laughs> if you consider the broad concept of what horror is through the ages, the fact that we haven't done these two is we're writing it tonight, and I'm
2: happy about I'm that. I'm shocked that y'all haven't done these two. And
1: I'm
0: sure we can talk about this maybe more expansively in After Hours, yeah. but horror is one of those genres that has so many little subgenres it's within dark. it, little pockets. Yes. That... Um, You can be a horror fan and still have big blind spots in your viewing, reading, you know, appreciation. Like I have horror fan friends who won't touch torture porn, right? Like once you get into the stuff, it's just – and I'm not interested. right? So Eli Roth, you go do your thing, but I'm not going to go follow, right? (laughs) Love Eli. But – and I certainly have horror fan friends who just have never even – taken that trip to Italy to see what some of these Italian filmmakers were right. doing in the 60s and 70s and, and into the 80s, it took me a little bit later into my horror film love to, to really get to those. It wasn't until I was in my 20s, I think, because I, and I yeah. was watching horror films when I was a teenager. Well, I think right? we're about
1: to discuss, I mean, if you consider... What modern horror is and what we're used to when we go to a horror movie, more or less, with some experimental changes. And we'll talk about some of that in the fourth week of All Horror October. Awesome. You know what to expect. But when you watch these old, and this is a word we're going to have to throw around today, so let's just get used to it Jallo films. Yes. Um, Jallo. Though, are these Jallo? <laughs> okay. Well, oh, <no. laughs> I mean, there oh, are people
0: want to. I mean, we, we can belabor that point, but, but tip, typically people talk about Jalo as being like the crime thrillers that have more of a human right. mm-hmm. uh, the culprit to them. It's more like a little bit more suspense, mystery driven, although the kills can be pretty dramatic. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas when they tip into the supernatural – as Argento did with Suspiria. Right. Not so much Bava, though. Here, w- what we're looking no, at... A straight
2: kill. Right.
0: It is, is actually, I think, the first film of the episode we can somewhat comfortably call a giallo. Yeah,
1: I think so. Mario Bava, right? That's where we're starting. Why are we starting with this guy? Okay, he started the film business as a cinematographer in the late 30s, special effects into the late 50s, and his first movie that he directed solely was E Vampiri um, in 19. 19- Fifty six. Then he directed in 1958, listen to this, The Day the Sky Exploded, considered the first Italian science fiction film that I Vampiri is considered the first Italian horror film. I mean, this guy's just got—he's a he's father he's got his of genre films like, all over. I guess yeah. so.
2: Yeah, Bay of Blood* was like considered the first slasher film,
1: right? Yeah. He's called the master of Italian horror. He's called right. the master of the macabre. According to the British Film Institute, right, I just pulled one quote here. Baba took a critical role in the creation of the modern horror film. If there was to be a Mount Rushmore-style monument dedicated to four directors whose work pioneered a new form of big-screen chills and thrills, mm-hmm. it would include Baba... Hitchcock, and then this writer goes on to say Franju and Michael Powell. Mm
2: -hmm. He's
1: talking about the creation of the genre as we know it now. So um the jalo thing I mean it's 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 a t- it's a subgenre of film that was really in Italy that didn't even start out horrifically it was murder, no, it was murder mystery, maybe a strangling you know who is yeah. the killer but then some of these directors began pushing it into the notion that we have this subgenre giallo horror right. which is all the gi- giallo elements but Close up of brutal violence. And didn't
2: giallo mean yellow because of the the paper? Right, because these were
1: like the pulp uh,
0: sort of crime novels that were being published in Italy had like tended to have these yellow covers. You're right, and so so it got associated with that. It's funny how those. Genre names sometimes, like, come from something as, you know, yeah. w- what would seem kind of trivial, like, oh, we just happened to print these, but it makes sense. It was a way to classify them, right. and people recognized it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
1: So Bay of Blood 1971. This is nine years before Friday the 13th. Uh, imagine Friday the 13th, but instead of a summer camp on a lake, it's set on a sleepy bay that has vacation homes. And instead of a single killer getting revenge for the death of her son in Friday the 13th. Yeah everyone's killing everybody over who owns the bay so that maybe we can develop it into like a better bay or maybe we don't want (laughs) to do that yeah and now it's it's like family dynamics all of these murders plus uh four teens that show up in their dune buggy to have sex and skinny dip and they all
2: die. A Friday the Thirteenth type of who door is
1: who is killing who? You know, we yeah,
2: <laughs> it was it confused. We don't kind of know, me. and then oh the, it all
1: comes to uh, a head. And these Jalo, usually at the end, you learn who
2: the. Uh, the, right the bad guy. and there was like it was, it was you know it was so many and it was a very interesting ending yeah. which uh, i was not expecting honestly like the first when i was watching it i was like what am i watching that i would say you have to be in a mood to watch these type of films because you you can't just be like oh i gonna watch this movie and it's gonna you have to be in a certain type of mood to watch this type of film and get into it and to understand it especially <laughs> to kind of Grasp the difference of the music that was in this. <laughs> uh, now
0: the music—it's a good thing you brought that the up. I think the music up. in Bay of Blood is very interesting. It's—it's <laughs> yes. it's very much like a counterpoint to yes. the to the mood yeah.
1: of like Janti,
0: right? Exactly. Yeah. Which Bava was a very sort of thoughtful, methodical <laughs> filmmaker. Although he was making this on a shoestring budget, yeah. he did right. the DP work here, right? He right. shot this film. He was the cinematographer, but. From the beginning struck me as, oh, this is so different. Now, in the second half, we're going to be talking about Suspiria, the Argento film. Very notable score there for different reasons. But here there's this kind of like almost like a tension between Mm -hmm. what I'm hearing on the soundtrack and the things that the characters are doing right up until, you know, that final
2: final, sequence that
0: you're talking about there when there's this, you know, we're a spoiler podcast, so we will get there, folks. We'll talk about what that is. But it is this kind of weird, abrupt punctuation on the film yeah. and then you're just given this shot of the bay with the two children kind of like mm-hmm. you know pleasantly going to play and and this jaunty music it's really teen, a strange the naked
2: teen going you know down to go skinny dip yeah which, is like a which was so song.
1: exploitive i mean it was just yeah. just let's show some tits i mean that's yeah. what like, that scene what? was really all about which <laughs> yeah. you know 1971 here we go uh, um, yes. This is one of those where you really have to put yourself In the context of when the film came out And right. you have to put it in the context of what you are watching Which is this Italian Giallo type of thing Because is it, there is yeah. a very intricate story A story that uh, is uh, really good. The family and who backstabbed who in the family And they play that story out to the end They This story is important to these filmmakers But what I think the film Is better known for And what we're dis- more likely to discuss today Are Kills. The grisly yeah. <laughs> kills that seemed to be way before their time when right, you yeah. consider what was going on in America. Which now
2: movies nowadays are taking after and taking pointers, oh, which sure. is by the 13th is one of them. Well, that,
0: now, we, now we expect it, right? right we, yeah. we go to horror film these days and we expect there's going to be a kill count Someone's getting murdered. up over a dozen, right? right. And, and and this is, But this is one of those first films where that actually happened. Right, right. This is one that as much as... You hate to say it because you want a movie just to work on a visceral level. Like you you want it to be something that anybody who's a fan of horror filmmaking, like just sit down and watch this. (laughs) I do think that there's a chance that somebody walking into this without any foreknowledge might at least enjoy it. But there's going to be some stuff they're going to laugh at. Oh, um, that the music was me. that that we were talking <laughs> about. Um, some of the performances, I think, in terms some of, the of the costuming, the, some of the costuming. Yeah. So there's some stuff that's not necessarily as polished as you might want it to be, but there's some amazing. Groundbreaking sorts of things going on here in terms of those kills that are going on. I think that's a big, you know, a big factor in the film.
2: Well, as me being the first, I mean, I had never watched it before, so I was watching, I'm like, what am I watching with this music? I wasn't ready to, (laughs) but then there's something I'm not getting, what's going on? And then, of course, did a little bit more research on it and like, figured out who was who doing what where why yeah and then i was like oh my god this is way more i have more respect for this movie now uh i understand it it's it, it's way it's deeper than yeah. most i would say horror movies are because mm-hmm. usually it's just like oh this killer killed this person it's, it's over with and that's you know who did it right. no it was a whole complex uh you know somewhat convoluted Kind of, If you weren't paying attention directly You're going to miss a whole bunch yeah, of Yeah, with points. odd,
1: quirky characters also yes. To keep you kind of moving along and interested I mean, it's yeah, not the just the witchy
2: lady loved her Yeah, the witchy, <laughs> yeah she's not just a
1: couple that lives on the grounds She's yeah. a tarot reader yeah. And he's in a bug uh, studier Yeah, and he's not <laughs>
2: poking that poor bug uh, Talking right, to yeah. him like it's his best friend I was like, I do uh,
1: that and, and you get the first kill five minutes in The what? countess that's over all of the right, land Yeah, that was
2: straight up murder right there I, is
1: uh, strangled Yeah uh, She's in a wheelchair mm-hmm. She's popped out of a wheelchair Without the use of her leg She strangles she Yeah it Seems horrible right? uh, uh, Which
0: is again, Like a creative yeah. Kill To start the film Exactly right Not off. to
1: mention the cinematography And like Amazing kind of Shot design mm-hmm. Of the mansion it, it, you can see that you're seeing something that is certainly special when it comes to the cinematography, yeah. the shot design, doing some research about how they did a forest when there was no forest. Oh, that was so awesome. She's using yeah, kind yeah. of innovative techniques on this shoestring budget that you were talking about yeah. to deliver a beautiful, if nothing else, beautifully shot film. Mm-hmm. The colors
2: that they yeah. talked about and the, all that stuff. The bay stuff. at yeah, sundown bay. and
0: sunrise. and But I do think that that opening scene, like... Th- I hear where you're coming from, Ronnie, that like, there's a good long portion right after that opening scene, probably like a half hour almost, where we're just kind of building up to mm-hmm. the next, what's going to get us to the, you know, cascading set of murders that okay. are, are going to unfold as it goes on. But that opening was enough to hook me where I was like, okay, there's something going on here. Exactly. That's pretty interesting. A, the, the creativeness of the kill, the the countess in her wheelchair, pushing her out and having her like kind of... Fall into a noose, essentially, yes, and and yes. like hang there, even though she's not suspended from very far, just not having use of her yeah, legs. Yeah, she so.
2: not get her yeah. of it. Yeah.
0: So that you know, again, brutal, sadistic kind of kill, and then we see the killer right, right after, away, which is that almost ne- right. It yes, almost it never <laughs> happens in a film where you're like, and so right there, and then I'm thinking, okay, this is because this is my first <laughs> time seeing it as well. Okay. I, I had not. seen I've seen a couple other Baba films. I had not seen Bay of Blood. But right then, I'm like, this is that, kind of breaking – That threw you off.
2: I, well, I it's mean, breaking it threw off, rules. I was like...
0: like, I'm supposed to – I know, Jalos. Right. I know – like, I'm not supposed to see the killer and it's supposed to be kept in the build dark. And, exactly. Did not build up. But then that killer is killed. <laughs> yes, immediately. <laughs> and so, you know, okay, there's something going on here, which actually yeah. really sets up, I think, the theme of the film yeah. where the, the nefarious, uh, you know, entity – isn't some monster, isn't some even just crazed killer on the loose. It's
2: not supernatural. It's, it, it, but it's just
0: human greed.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, exactly.
0: The, the, the real culprit here is like those who want this thing, this bay, right? Essentially right. this valuable piece of land and what they're willing to do to get their hands on it.
2: Yeah, because they they can't wait yeah. until she dies, the <laughs> poor lady dies, and they're like, well, I, let's figure out a way to get her out of the way, and it just does not work out to their yeah. benefit, unfortunately. And then uh,
1: children arrive. You <laughs> yeah, know? Children was, have been on property and new children arrive, and it's just um, I mean, I don't know, the, the plot of it, I don't know if we even need to, to get there. But then the uh, four yes. teenagers arrive, yeah like. It's What's like going on? the first half of the film is not even really about the real estate stuff. Briefly no. it's right. about the four kids getting dispatched. Yeah. And yeah. I'm watching in so many ways Friday the thirteenth now. Oh yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, it's it's the body of water the couple mm-hmm. making love that get uh, javelined Speared, through both yeah. of them, the boobs. as seen in Fight of the <laughs> Rudes, yeah. Friday the 13th Part 2. Yeah. Um, the hatchet, what do you call that, a bill hook?
0: Yeah, that
1: yeah. gets smashed in right the face. his face. Yeah. Which, yeah. Friday the 13th Part 4, Crispin yeah. Glover, and uh, a couple of other ones. yeah. yeah.
2: The spear um, is my favorite. Well, my and, it, and I
0: mean, and just to talk about something, you know, like you get a full-on decapitation. Oh, yeah. yeah, that very, was very quick and <laughs> effective decapitation. Yeah, very, very graphic. Um, a lot it, of good blood. Yeah, I, and it just when you think about, to our eyes now, it it's still impressive, but it probably doesn't seem quite as shocking. Imagine right. walking into the theater in 1971, oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and films weren't doing this. This wasn't something that people. I mean, the people who. R- right i think it was the video you sent joe that that talked about um
2: vincent price walking out
0: was it price or was it christopher, christopher lee it was christopher, christopher lee, lee okay, who had been in, in a Baba film yeah. in the 60s I right. like i can't the whip this. in the body or something yeah and you know so had gone to see the film but walked out because he was so disgusted right <laughs> by yeah. what he was seeing on screen and this would have felt like such a different kind of film experience yeah, it, yeah. and and but you see that planting the seed for so much of what's come since. Oh, well, exactly, certainly. Yeah.
1: Certainly. I've got reviews that I pulled, nice. uh, American reviews, yeah. of just, just decimating it. You know? yeah. Really? I mean, the violence is nearly pornographic in the same way that pornographic movies reduce human interactions to the working of genitals. Twitch of the death nerve, as it was no, originally, it, originally. Yeah, it had kind of an vocal. OT
2: name, yeah. Uh, Bay Which of- is a great
1: name, by the oh, way. yeah, I mean,
0: I like Bay of Blood is more descriptive for what the film is actually yeah. doing and where it's set, but I love
1: Twitch of the Death Nerve. Twitch of the Death Nerve reduces cinematic thrills to little more than knives slicing through flesh. I mean – And I could go on and on here. And and again, (laughs) imagine seeing this, though, for the very first time. Yeah. Yeah. Because you would have been able to see it in, like, a Grindhouse Cinema situation, maybe a drive-in double feature. They did bring it to America in order for it to garner these reviews. But I think it was a... Uh, growing appreciation of Baba over time that made all of these films. And, and of course, watching what came after. Because if you're a whore nut, if you read Fangoria every week and you had seen Bay of Blood Not and then every you, week,
2: and then, <laughs>
1: and then you see Friday the 13th, part two, you might be able to say, wait a second, that's they familiar. completely, that's a Tarantino like homage. Let's just say that. There you, go. you know, yeah. Rather yeah. than a blatant ripoff.
0: <laughs> yeah <Sure>. a <Yeah, laughs> no. thin, thin line between uh homage and ripoff but exactly it, but in the world about. of horror i think that's always the case there's like People a certain ways you can other. kill a
2: person over <laughs> and over like besides like the saw movies that uh, you know they got very <laughs> intricate on their kills these are just like gonna right. smash smasher face in yeah um which is uh at that point you need to go with the storyline on okay we you, you got them killing getting murdered but what's really going down underneath, which is, what is the mental, you know, state yeah. on these people? What, yeah. What's going on? Besides the, the teens I get, you know, s- you know smashed out. Oh, well, but, uh,
1: you know. I, I would be remiss if we didn't mention the octopus, the use of the octopus.
2: Oh my goodness, yes. I think that actually, because I don't like fish, and <laughs> 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 I don't like, I don't like water. I don't know, I I don't get me wrong, I, I'm a Scorpio, I'm, I, I'm a water person, but it's that uh-huh. fear of... The water is so engulfing, and yeah. I think that's – if you look at it that way, water is, is very terrifying. I mean, it's just, it can destroy so much. Sure, sure. Um, but, yeah, and then the, the octopus and – So what, <laughs> one of
1: the characters is a fisherman, I guess. Uh, or, yeah, and he
2: or, eats his head, and it's real. It's real. Uh, I heard it was real. Right, so yeah. there's a corpse
1: that they find, which, you know, looks like a made-up to be rotting corpse, but on which top of the corpse is that. the octopus, Yeah. yeah. and yeah. It's, it's just, just kind of just that gelatinous gooey-looking <laughs> yeah. skin, you know, and that is an interesting practical effect. I thought it was yeah. fun. I thought it was great. Yeah. And then, uh, I guess the fishermen, what they'll do when they uh, get an octopus is take a bite, bite out, out of outside. its head kill to kill or, it, yeah. and then it... Um, you know,
2: put it in the boat and it later. was a real octopus right really they did that
1: they wouldn't be able to do that
2: these days no 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 it's just like in cannibal holocaust when they killed that turtle which was,
1: right you know, right so. yes M-
0: many practices of the well no, or like the cow and apocalypse now i mean there are right, these, yeah yeah the, the 70s was definitely a time where filmmakers were including that and then we we we, we came back I mean, <laughs> Peter,
2: Peter we said, wasn't there no, maybe so. not yeah yeah right. we, we can we can fake
1: <laughs> this in different ways this is yeah. a different like a hyperbole that i'm not fearful to give because i did look it up but this is considered by most to be the first kind of slasher movie it's right in there right i mean
0: like this one black christmas like a year or two later Uh the um there's one other i feel like that gets mentioned that might be an italian one that sort of has some of those elements but i think the kill count i think getting those pov shots often Mm -hmm. of of the kills the creativity the the creativity of it all this kind of it, there's a lot of elements now it doesn't give you it it gives you these kind of multiple killers in a way that mm-hmm. most slashers don't
2: yes exactly but
0: but again a lot of those elements are there and you can see why people who saw this film found it to be effective mm-hmm. took those you know people i got to imagine like carpenter and like you know Hooper. cunningham who yeah. saw those things and said like Okay, I can do something with that. I can. Right. That's, that's a way to actually kind of get an audience How do we, excited. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think
1: this, the film you were looking for came out the same year as Black Christmas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. That's right up there. there yeah, you sure. Um, yeah,
0: so. You know, I, I want to point out, Joe, you said we don't have to belabor the, the kind of uh, labyrinthine uh, yeah, no. family plot going on here. But I do, <laughs> I do at least want to highlight that I found the Renata character uh, played by Claudine Auger – to be one of the most chilling characters, she's deep
2: with those eyes. She,
0: well, <laughs> she's just so matter of fact Ooh. about all of it, and like you, sometimes you just have to do a thing. And this, yeah. way, and and like kind of you know bullying her husband I into becoming be a her. killer. yeah, she's my <laughs> idol right now. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It was impressive. She yeah. chilled me. Yeah. Absolutely. I was like, you are now my goddess.
0: I, I will make a
2: shrine to you later because you are so awesome. Yeah, I know. And he, her husband is like, what are we going to do? You know, just like freaking out. She's like, do it. Like, yeah. Look yeah. into my eyes and do it if you want to live.
1: And after That's a right. night of murder and mayhem and uh,
2: close escapes, that
1: they are the two. They're yeah. living. They have the exactly. will, I think, in their hand. They've right. got the map in their hand and they're celebrating. When all of a sudden, <laughs> a shotgun uh, barrel is pointed at them, and you hear their children, who we almost forgot were even in the movie. Yeah, they're right. barely in it. I mean, yeah, we, we see them being
2: left behind. In an RV camper. Well, when the ch- head gets chopped off with that witch, we, and we then that thing... Yes. Falls to the ground, it's kids picking it up. One
0: yeah. little cut to them like messing around while yeah. the parents are off killing people. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and then they're reintroduced right at the end. And yeah. they
1: the kids shoot them with a shotgun thinking that it's a toy. Yeah. And the, the yeah. parents are now dead. Or did they think it and then they said, uh, Oh the they play,
2: They play oh, They're dead, so good the at best. playing dead, yeah. yeah. And then
1: the movie's over.
2: Yeah, they go skipping well, down the beach. As the, they, beach. Right. As so the third
1: generation of ownership doesn't even realize that they have now owned
2: the bay. Exactly. Right.
1: Yeah, or what that even means. Because that's not going to be manslaughter, right? It's kids with a gun, an accident.
0: Yeah, I I would Italy. F- I would think they'd get away with that, <laughs> but, I don't I, know. but who I'm knows whose custody like, they're going into. I I'm going, no going
2: into like a, a paranormal – not a paranormal sense, but like a demonic sense. These kids are little demons and they well, actually went out to that... become little demon spreaders or something. <laughs> I don't know. They were just way too happy after everything. They were. They that, did not go up to their parents, like, Mom and Dad, are you okay? – no, they did not. Which was not. this
1: like little off-putting exclamation point at the end yeah. of this movie that's just a off. Though it, it is mm-hmm. interesting in that the parents were clearly
0: like, I would – Classify them as neglectful. They're leaving yeah. these kids in this trailer while they go off and murder everybody at the, you know, the bay or whatever to be able to get the property they want. Exactly. And so now the kids are kind of like, "Well, you're dead, and we're leaving you there too," and yeah. <laughs> just like skipping off. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you recommend it? Yes, the, w- without without equivocation, but with the small qualifier. Remember what when this was released, mm-hmm. what this was doing. Why this is an important film, why, why this kind of really solidified Baba's reputation as this kind of international horror icon. Um, and I think if you do that, but, but even without that, like I said earlier, I think you could watch this and not know those things and still enjoy it if you had the right mentality. Mm-hmm. You might want to view it. A little bit through a camp lens. I mean, I think yeah. there's some laughter in there oh, yeah. at, at some yeah. of the stuff, like you said, some of the style, some of the fashion, some of the dancing, some so, of the music. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> like I think is of that time in a weird yeah. kind of way that might be funny. But no, I think this is definitely this is a classic.
2: I would just tell somebody just appreciate it, like appreciate what was being done at that time. There's little things that are Don't miss out on the little things. Don't be like me that just watched it through the first time what am I watching? <laughs> and then I realized, you know, I read a little bit more. I was like, watched it again. I was like, yes, this is, <laughs> this is what, this is what horror is, should be about. I do respect, you know, the slasher film, straight up slasher films, which is, like I say, the supposedly the first slasher film, but it was also a psychological thriller because you just yeah. didn't know who was killing who at points. Right. And then, then you found out and then it was just like, and then the ending just completely, you know, throws you off. So there was just, there's more to it than you think.
1: Yeah. Yeah all the way around. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't feel like you're taking your medicine. You know, it's not like yeah. this is one that you got to check off a list because everyone says it's no no, no this is yeah. this is an experience.
2: Yeah. And so, it's
0: and it's fairly great. like as as uh as far as films go, I I think one of the things I love about horror as a genre is people tend to be Pretty concise with what they do. This is under ninety minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was very
2: well.
0: I mean, I I, I love a film whose runtime is, is in that like sub ninety minute. I never feel like it's that much of a gamble. It's like worst case scenario, I've wasted a little bit more than an hour here. Right. I can get that back. do yeah. no, I'm not worried.
1: Yeah. And uh, it's a little bit hard to find. I found it on YouTube, but a really nice print, actually. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what platform I watched it on, but yeah, it was I, I yeah. But it was <laughs> like pretty really. good. Yeah. Yeah,
2: no, it was yeah. it was good to me too. Yeah. All right.
1: Like, well, is this blood orange <laughs> ale being good
2: to us? So far, so good.
1: I
0: yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I think in the flavor, it had a little bit more of like. Uh, a bitter note and i don't take it as hop as much as i do like maybe the blood orange like the peel of the orange mm-hmm. uh-huh. kind of flavor in there but it that kind of receded to the background and i'm getting more just the kind of fruity blood orange elements uh but not like in a sweet over the top way it's mm-hmm. i think it's really nice
2: it's really smooth actually yeah does yeah, it feel similar. highly carbonated to you mm. i wouldn't it's stronger in than like those a beer. In, a, in that a
0: bad way that's putting you off? Yeah,
1: I don't like this. Okay. I mean, I. I no, that's. It's it's a combination of flavor and carbonation. Okay. That bitterness mm. that you talked about, I think I, I identify that, that it has yeah. to be the peel as well. Uh, there's a sour clunk on my palate every mm. single sip. I thought I could drink a few sips and. Yeah. It might work itself out, Bust but out it, it that never milk. did. The chocolate. Um, <laughs> oh no! I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> uh, and no, I hate no, to no.
1: say that. You know how positive we like to be when it comes to the, yeah. the breweries that are working really hard, but um, this did not work for me. Okay.
0: Well, yeah. I, I found it to be pretty easy to drink. Like the the first couple sips, I was I was detecting more of the bitterness. That's kind of receded. I don't think the carbonation's putting me off. I would happily drink more cans of this if they were available.
2: I'm not dead, so I'm okay.
1: Mm. Yay! She's lived
2: through the first segment. Yes, (laughs) yes.
1: (laughs) But we will get to know Ronnie a little bit more and delve into Dario Argento's Suspiria. Yeah. When we return. Mm.
0: And we're back. We sure are, Joe. (laughs) In that first episode of All Horror October, already feeling giddy. It's just like, it's a good time of year. Finally, it's okay. I mean, we watch horror films all year long anyway. Anyway. But finally, we can just do it with reckless abandon <laughs> and, and devote every episode to it.
2: And it's so rainy and beautiful outside. Right
1: now,
0: while we're recording, you're oh, right, this week. David,
1: we've done this one. There's a new Wes Anderson film and a new Scorsese film coming out. Several Wes Anderson ones, right? Yeah. We'll have to figure something out. <laughs> uh, we are headed to Europe for our next beer, which means that that brewery might be hundreds of years old. And we get close <laughs> to 200 years old with Peroni. Founded by Francesco Peroni in Vigavano, Italy at 1846. Their original recipe is the most popular beer in Italy. We are having their Nastro Surro, which
2: is a pale lager, if I
1: have this right.
2: I wish I could speak Italian. And
1: Mina, who brought it, David Gurney, because it's a lager. Wow,
2: well, <laughs> but could well, there
1: it, be a better? I mean, we had you know, some we're do, horror beers we're doing on the market, two Italian horror films. We
0: did now back when we did um, Lucio Fulci, and uh, was that our first all horror? October? It was and Zombie <laughs> Two and F for Fulci, the documentary, right? Um, and so back when we did that, I think we had an Italian pilsner, maybe that we drank, like some other brewery had made. I think it was a, an American craft brewery made an Italian pilsner. I was thinking, geez, it's really sad that at this point I know we've done other Italian films too, not even horror, but we've never done the f- sort of most well-known, well-traveled Italian beer mm-hmm. of all time. So I thought it was perfect for us to bring Peroni on to it the uh, to the podcast.
1: We had the Terrifica by Wayfinder Beer. There yes. was a, an Italian horror pills. There beer. we it go. Beautiful oh. can art. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yep. We paired that with our Fulci episode in the very first all horror october it's an italian episode this week yeah this makes perfect sense thank you for bringing it yes thank you you're very welcome i'm I'm hoping
0: it will uh, fuel the conversation (laughs) as we talk about one of really my favorite italian horror director because he was the one who i was introduced to first um and and thinking about this his film that's probably his most well-known though there might be some debate on that (laughs) um from 1977 this is suspiria um, written, co-written by Dario Argento and his then wife, Dar- Daria Nicolodi, who also is the mother of his daughter, Asia, or Asia Argento, uh-huh. who has been in many of his films yeah, in, right. in later years also a filmmaker of her own right. accord and you know an actress and in, in many other films too. Ex-girlfriend really
2: a, of Anthony Bourdain.
0: Yes right <laughs> T- it, tragically so and yes. yeah the, part of that um, right. uh, but but nonetheless here in 1977 his first step into that supernatural horror we were talking in the first half of the episode about how um, he was very much a filmmaker associated with the Italian giallo films. Uh-huh. Um, the bird with the crystal plumage cat of nine, cat Tales. nine tails. He, he had kind of a trio of these giallos in the early seventies that really kind of, as a director, put him on the map. He had also been a screenwriter. He uh, right. was credited on once upon a time in the West yeah. uh, and had good bona fides in the Italian filmmaking scene and even made a comedy of some sort. But this was the first foray into supernatural horror um, one where he took some of, I think, the stylistic elements of those earlier Jalo films, um, including Deep Red, which was the one he did just before this, and and sort of brought them to bear this very stylized look on a film about a young American ballet student traveling to, gosh, I'm Germany, waiting. is it Germany? Okay, it's right, it's th- th- it's set along the border of Germany. Italy, and what is it? Is it Switzerland? Dude,
1: what what podcast do you think this is? Come on. I'm going to go
0: like... (laughs) But but it was important to him, because this is part... This was the first film in what eventually became a trilogy of films called The Three Mothers, where this is one of the sites where... Um, a ballet academy is functioning where this young American student comes to it and she realizes very quickly there are some nefarious goings on. <laughs> the people running the school are sort of secretive about certain things and have sort of mysterious ways about them. People some of the dying. other students down it, people are dying. <laughs> um, and so the horror unfolds as this young student becomes aware of what really is guiding all of this evil in the academy. Just by turning the blue
1: iris. (laughs) It all comes down to that. I have seen this before. I mean, I've seen it a couple of times. In fact, I screened this at uh, me and a friend put together some before the Alamo existed, like, hey, let's get together and watch a horror movie thing at a screen at the Harbor Playhouse. Nice. no, but I haven't seen it since then. So that's gonna make maybe be twelve to fifteen years ago mm-hmm. that I've seen it. And of course, its esteem has grown all along. The remake came out in two thousand eighteen, right? Right. Um, that I have not seen, somewhat controversial. I
2: yeah, and I don't know. And I was, I was, you know, researching that as well. Where they, some people don't even consider it as a remake because he did some things a lot differently. Yeah. Than the movie, and yeah. kind of took on his own way of putting it together and the storyline a little bit more different. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it just
1: yeah. appears David that we need a shorthand for the thing we say every other week about <laughs> this is one you should see on the big screen the next time that I'm it is possible for me to see Suspiria on a big screen I will because I think that Suspiria oh, yeah. ultimately forget the horror part of it it's mandatory viewing for someone that calls himself a cineista someone that calls himself oh. a lover of film the international of it the place that it is in the horror canon but not only that this film is filled with beautiful filmmaking.
2: Oh, yeah. It was gorgeous. The colors were amazing. Yeah, just everything on it, the, the costumes, the just everything. The set beautiful. design. It was beautiful, it. yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a very, very stylish film, right? I mean, uh, it, the, leaning into those primary colors, red and blue – are very, green as well. Green's an accent. Yeah. Your eye always
1: gets drawn to green.
0: But, but some of those, the, you know, like the lobby of the building with like Mm -hmm. the intricate kind of design work. The design work
2: is amazing. The the
0: scale of things Mm -hmm. is so large Mm -hmm. and in part, From what I understand, what I've read is that, you know, when they wrote this, this is a ballet academy, right? The the intention was this was going to be a story about teenage girls, like girls in their like, you know, 13, 14 year olds at this prestigious ballet academy. The producers pushed Argento to actually up the ages of the performers because they felt too gory. Yes, exactly. Like this is like, okay, this is still that era where, you know, like, okay, what can we get away with? And if we're doing this to young girls, we might not be able to get away with it. So let's make it adult women. And that way we can make
2: them look younger.
0: But, but then putting them in these large rooms, these large doors, putting the handles like it all was interesting. yeah, Yeah. It, it sort of, Makes them seem more childlike.
2: Making sure they looked younger yeah. with big eyes, as they say. And, you yeah.
1: know, spoilers, it turns out to be a coven. And so maybe <laughs> this, this building...
2: <laughs> Which of you don't already know. Maybe this building
1: is coveny. But no, when our protagonist gets to the academy, it's ranking. First of all, you're, you're straight into this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, the score by Goblin as you're walking. I know, David, I I can't wait to unleash you on this part. (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead. I can tell. Well, no, it's
0: just it is one of the greatest film scores of all time. It really sets a certain kind of tone for what you could do with kind of like more aggressive rock scores in uh, in horror films. Yeah, this is... And it's a true collaboration that, you know, Goblin, the band, although that wasn't like, I can't remember. They had a name before they were working with him that, that, so they preexisted as sort of like a progressive rock band, but then uh, Argento kind of worked with them and Mm -hmm. said like, look, let's put this together. And so they build themselves as Goblin, you know, this horror kind of mystique about them. And it was beautiful
2: yet creepy. And it's just something that you will never forget that song once it's in your head. Like it's. It's on another level that I don't think uh, – because you know how there's like the Michael Myers, you know? Sure. Whole, yeah. I mean, you know, we've OG, talked about Carpenter and how much yeah. we love
0: his scores on, right. on this podcast. But this yeah. is
2: just more of a more beautifully – it goes with the whole sense of the film. You know, it's just – everything is beautiful there, but yeah. it's deadly.
0: A good, good way of putting it. Yeah. There's, there's some really lovely passages in there that would, mm-hmm. you could just on their own, you could say, oh, that's a beautiful little piece of music. Yeah. And there are some that are super aggressive <laughs> right. and, and angry and – it, it gives it all, and it and it's right there from the get go. I mean, right. over the over the credits, uh, as soon as we get in there, I mean, the music is telling you yeah. mm-hmm. what an intense film was. Well, that's story. where I was
1: going with it. So the first scene is uh, our American protagonist getting to the airport,
2: mm-hmm.
1: walking through the airport with this score out into the outside where it is raining hard yeah and she gets instantly soaked while she's looking for a cab and this is this first use inside the cab of the red and the blue yeah mm-hmm. and and yes as uh, someone that enjoys figuring out how they did it those lights don't make sense i mean not, uh, <laughs> they should not oh, that be red in, bulb in the floorboard of yeah. the back seat of the <laughs> cab i know yeah. that. who cares let yourself go with it yeah a uh, goblin. Also, Back to the Goblin, New Goblin, Goblin Rebirth, the Goblin Keys, the Goblins, oh, and wow. Claudio Simonetti's Goblin. Yeah. Initially recorded as Cherry Five. Cherry, Cherry Five. five. Yeah, I had read yeah. about that. Yeah. Okay, Not a scary name. No,
0: no. <laughs> no. Her Cute cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, they could have done the uh, music for Bay of Blood under that name, well, but not, much, probably yeah. not for
1: superior <laughs> Yeah, her face. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: call in the Cherry Five.
1: But I thought that the the film is a beautiful setup to her getting to this academy, this blood red outdoor, you know, facade of the building. Yeah, a bunch of this, big
2: doors. And right?
1: uh, uh, one of the students runs out. Yeah. And then she's not let in. Our, our protagonist is not let in. What's she's her name? Like, what's Susie. Susie is yeah. not let in. So then she's got to take the cab back to a, for a friend's, friend's house, house to see yeah. if she can just spend the night until they can figure it out in the morning. And then she sees the girl running through the forest. Yeah. Uh, right. outside, you know, the cab kind of parallel to her for a moment. Argento has said over and over that he considers this a fairy tale, and when you start <laughs> seeing dark. those shots, that forest shot, the white of the trees, the the dark red of her overcoat,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's just it's just gorgeous. Anyway. I was going to say, the coven, you'd think that the set design was just for the the, the witch house, but it's not, mm-hmm. because she goes over to her friend's house that is this uh, equally immaculate, ornate, ornate yeah. gorgeous yeah. place with the stained glass uh, window up at the ceiling. Yeah. Which I,
2: I was listening to that, uh, that, uh, re- which that interview with Argento where he's talking about where the colors came from, where he wanted to do off of the Disney films with the yes. Disney villains and to go and to, to bring those colors to life and like a film as well, mm-hmm. not just like on a, you know, animated. Disney yeah. Film. Yeah. So that's this being
1: a- the last technicolor processed film in Italy.
2: Oh, yeah. Interesting. Uh,
1: this, this movie. Okay. And I think there was a rush to get it there almost. Wow. You mm-hmm. know, because he had shot it with these colors this way. He thought that technicolor. Yeah. Yeah. Using Wizard of mm. Oz, you know, yeah. as a template, that's exactly what he was going Wizard for.
0: It's, it's just so wild. gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, he, he leans into that. Um, and like you say, Joe, it's not just the academy or the coven that, yeah. that is. Yeah. Design that way. It's really the entire film, oh, film wherever you are. You know, you you have uh, Susie eventually when she does get to the school. You know, get starting to uh, make those connections with with the other students. Mm-hmm. Um so becoming, not so
2: good, right? So
0: <laughs> as you know, as per usual, you know, yeah. you you expect there's going to be like the rivals, exactly. And, yeah, there's right. there's got to be mean girls. There's got to be politics. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and there is some of that, but but that doesn't get too bogged down. Um. You know, it because it really becomes apparent pretty quickly that there's more going on here than it's going to – be it's not going to be petty inter-student uh, politics. That yeah, doesn't overshadow that are gonna,
2: what the actual intent of this
0: movie right, is. Right, right. Yeah. Because there's stuff going on. I mean, there's maggots falling from the ceiling yeah, here, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that, that's – I mean, I, I'm – one of the things that grosses me out in life is maggots. I mean it just it just is. The, the scene in Lost Boys with the the fried rice oh, turning the, the maggots. Maggots. maggots always Michael. always yeah. gets me. You're <laughs> eating maggots. Um I, I that one like stands out in my mind is like you know the, I think there's a scene in Poltergeist with some maggots on me like it, it is an effective tool for me to get me Oh, I think for most people out if anybody
2: says they, they are okay with maggots being in yeah. a movie there's something
0: wrong. With that. But I love like how subtle it is because you know if you remember it's her si- like sitting there at the mirror and you can yeah. kind of see there's like a little white speck yeah, in her just, hair. Like, in Even on head. my small screen at home I can yeah. see that and I'm like, "Oh, this is the maggot part, isn't it?" Yeah. <laughs>
2: and,
0: and she starts brushing through and like, yeah. "Oh, what are these things?" And then they're just everywhere, everywhere covering I mean. everything and and falling from the ceiling because yeah. there's been this rotten uh, they were storing meat in the attic, mm-hmm. that was, <laughs> yeah, the
2: attic. What, was, what was that thought process yeah, I'm that? not sure what, what, what that isn't is. sewn up no. Some,
1: someone put meat and it got maggoty in the magazine yeah. in the ceiling that to me screams of it'll be really cool maggots fell from the ceiling yeah let's, <laughs> let's figure out a way to make that well, work and, and, but i but i love that
0: argento doesn't feel like he's on the hook for having to totally explain oh no, no no no, no.
1: Yeah. and i want to go back to the friend that goes to the place with the ornate uh, stained glass window yeah. i mean that night she is killed and the way that she is yeah. killed is violent over a period of time as she rooms uh, moves from room to room mm-hmm. she finally gets stabbed a couple times in the heart chest area mm-hmm. but the fatal blow these previous stabs have exposed her beating heart. Right. And then yes. boing, that the was knife gets, yeah. goes right in. I yeah. mean, yeah. it's... Should we do some close-ups of stabbings? Yes. <laughs> what can we do to... Take it up a notch. Yeah. What if we expose the beating heart and it gets stabbed too? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. This this movie is filled with stuff. (laughs) Wait.
0: Let's not stop there. What if we throw her corpse from through the (laughs) the (laughs) stained glass and hang her? Destroy the stained glass dramatically in the lobby,
2: and the
1: glass actually falls and impales her friend. That's right. right, Yeah. And. It's all gorgeous. Make it a two. Yeah. I mean, the the hanging body. It's macabre, but the hanging body with the blood streaking down on the white skin, the the red blood, the jalo blood, as Kyle pointed it out a couple yeah. of after hours. No, it was during. Uh, Don't look now. There's Jallo blood here. This yeah. isn't fake Hollywood blood. This is red paint that they buy at Home Depot. It is thick. It is. Yeah. Not, it is opaque, and it is a stylistic choice. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, but it, right there, you start off the film with a very dramatic and well-staged kill or, or set of kills mm-hmm. R- mm-hmm. right there. Um, and, and you just know that you're in the hands of a filmmaker who's doing something differently. Like this is mm-hmm. even from, again, we were talking about Baba, Bay of Blood. That would have been, what, six years before this? Right. Like beautiful film in its own right. You know, we we talked about how we thought it was shot really well, and it is, and I think they're but here just upping that production design piece of this whole thing in right. a way that really kinda no I know some people get turned off by that, right? Now really? You, you, well, I, I, I think I, it was I, you, Ronnie, who who was saying that. Well, no, maybe it was Joe, who's saying like when you're in the cab and like the the lighting's not motivated oh, by any it make natural sense. light yeah, sources or <laughs> anything, right? right. Make sense. And, and I know some people take offense to that and say right. like, oh, come on, this is like so staged. It's so it's like a play. It's not right. uh, real. But you know, I think for Argento, yeah, he is approaching it more like a fairy tale, more like a kind of heightened, like an animated a film, dark almost fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and I love that. I think that that's exciting when a filmmaker wants to bring across this really sort of vibrant vision on the
1: screen.
2: Especially when it's executed. Yeah. Beauty in horror. Yeah, I was gonna say
1: especially when it's executed perfectly from beginning to end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I
0: love play with shadow too, and he does that. I mean that's in there. But there is something very – I mean, he you know, he talked about – I think it's that same interview that you were referencing, Ronnie, mm-hmm. that he talks about being very much uh, inspired by uh, expressionist filmmakers, right? right? The German filmmakers. Oh, it's, it's all like over this. Yeah, because and, like
2: when Susie like cringes and she's like – there's chalk on her face. Yeah. It's just like that still of her doing that. Nothing else does her – and that still. Yeah. Just being scared to death and you're just like, what's going to happen next? Cause yeah. it's just nothing – comes out of that afterward. I mean, it doesn't go crazy afterwards. It's just, her, and that still, and you're just like ooh. You know, I, I thought we
1: everything. did uh, Doctor Coligari We have not done Doctor Coligari no, 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 we. we, okay, we after know, hours one, conversation, I'm writing on uh, what we're going to do next year. Okay, so I'm already excited for 2024. Can
2: we just do like 20 of these? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: just do all horror fall. All there
2: horror, everything.
1: All <laughs> horror, horror every everything. Yes, uh, there are many podcasts that do that, but we've got to catch up with this Scorsese family <laughs> <These> Anderson films. <laughs> anyway. Um dr caligari is all over this film the Mm expressionist all that early german and i hate you know that dr caligari gets the badge of being the one that we all think of in that expressionist period Mm -hmm. that whole period is represented here but then when the girl okay the one of the girls is running from uh the killer and she jumps she's trying to jump to another door <laughs> yeah. and she jumps Ooh. into a room that is just filled with all the wires. Indiscriminately for no there. reason whatsoever. How I got there, we don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> razor razor wire, razor yeah. wire, yeah. razor ribbon. And I immediately thought of Caligari uh, earlier in the film. Now I'm thinking of Saw. Yeah. So I'm yeah. seeing Saw, like definitely. that this film was not only influenced, it influenced. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that's exciting. It, absolutely.
0: Yeah. It, it, you really do see that um, like you just said, Joe, that there are these kind of reverberations of the past, but then he's pointing towards what's going to be happening in but future. In the future, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, I agree. That was that. That was yeah. I was like, what's what? Why is that happening? Okay. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go with it. Razor wire, not fun. Very hurtful. purple, and then no. like, isn't she dying? Then she comes back to life, right? And then she tries to kill Susie or something.
0: But, yes. Uh, well, that's yeah. w- when later on in the yeah. film, right? When when uh, Susie makes it to uh, you know. what once she sort of finally stumbles upon the truth right and, yeah, and like, sees the uh, you know the the head of the school and and her other sort of staff and and she's there and she's like we've got to get rid of the american we've got the you know yeah, and she knows and she's that this like, is going on what? Is and then idea? kill her. Yeah. And then she makes it into Helena Marcos's room, yeah. which is the sort of grand you the know, grand mother witch. witch. Yeah. Well, I think
1: she had been told by the professor that she has an exposition conversation with that um, yeah. if the head, like a vampire, if the head witch dies, the rest lose their
0: the power. Cabin the coven right. is now
2: dissembled. Right. Yeah.
0: And so when she stumbles into that room, that's where she sees uh, Sarah, I think, right. is, she is the, the her... classmate who had yeah. stumbled she in before died her. Previously right? died with a with the but there yeah, she comes out so like almost we, we don't know zombified yeah. maybe or like being compelled by the witches even <laughs> Exactly I
2: believe killed. that's what they said I, and yeah. was that was genuinely creepy witches.
1: and awesome yeah when she comes out of that door and the the the, the way that she's walking and the, yeah. the the cracked bone whatever they're going oh, for there the, that part the blood coming out of the mouth bones. that was a fantastic little scene yeah you yeah. yeah. out oh yeah it's fantastic Yeah, absolutely i
2: think the dancing also though That's i mean i don't know if that gets enough credit because that's just like I'm a big fan of people who can dance and put their bodies in different positions because I'm like, wow. And it can just – it brings, I think, force to like the way they just made it so creepy. Yeah. Uh, how they moved their arms and legs and just made it into a, a little macabre ballet, yeah. which is – you know, it wasn't a lot of it, but you know, because like the second or the supposed remake had a lot more of the dance. I was going to say they, that yeah. that
0: did get leaned into in a yeah. different way, and there there's a particular dance sequence in that film that's that was yeah, it was disturbing. kind of
2: more of a magical yeah. they were trying to bring forth. You know, yeah. so so we did a bunch of
1: research after I got done and considered watching the 2018 Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Never seen it. Oh, really? Turned <laughs> it on. Lasted ten minutes. Really? And said, Too much. Too much for preparation. And then I did just a little bit of research that says that, yes, the the story is very much... Fleshed out here. The witches have a history. It's there's, yeah. there's a lot, you know. So I will watch it. I will give it the dedicated time that it needs, but I.
2: Go to it is, as it's different type of. Not the I, I same. Think you not a remake. To. Yeah, not yeah. a remake completely. We,
0: we, we can maybe talk about it more after hours. Too but, yeah. but
2: I, yeah, I
0: ultimately came out a fan of that one in part because I felt like it was doing less remake and more reimagining. Exactly it was yeah. it was alternate yes, universe. Yeah. Universe yeah it, was a, it was like, let's take this kernel of a story and do something Ooh. different with it. Because if you tried, and the why and the reason why I like that is if you tried to redo the intense visual style of this film, if you tried to redo the soundtrack of this film, if you yeah. tried to redo even the performances and the kinds of the, the colors,
2: it, the color itself would yeah. not go with it. Just now, well, you couldn't. You couldn't
0: perfect that. You no. couldn't do better than what no. he did here. This no. is like really a beautiful little package right. that's put together. Um, and and I think it's one where you know maybe even more so than Bay of Blood um, that we were talking about in the first part of the episode this one I would and I have mm-hmm. recommend to any horror fan right and say, look, if you haven't seen Spiria, you really need to check it out And the like, only it,
2: way I found out about this movie and um, everything is because i I was watching or whatever, Argento, on. Uh, yeah. Was it that movie, Triple uh, X or something? Oh, yeah. Not Triple X, or is it? XXX? She's in Triple uh, X, isn't, isn't XXX? she? Or, or maybe the second one or something? Yeah, yeah, she was in one of them. And I was looking, I was like, I thought she was so beautiful. And I was like, who is this, chick And I was, uh, you know, looking at him, and it says, her father is, you know, Dario yeah. Argento. I was like, I heard that name. And then that's where I had, you know, and I was like, oh, wow. And that's where I started, uh, listen, I mean, looking at his movies, you know, yeah. like, Cat of Nine Tales, To Spear. And I was like, wow, this is, this is, and then just knowing she was in in the films as well as a young girl. Which was yeah. very interesting. I, w- I mean, I wonder how it was, you know, growing up in that kind of family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I can only imagine. Yeah. He, you know, th- that's funny though. Like, whenever I have seen interviews with him, though, he seems very down to earth. He does kind he of does, like he's, right? he's so, not one of those filmmakers who's like so guarded and what it, like he's right. willing to talk about his process and yeah. what motivates him and, and
1: all that. Yeah, but, he's
2: a very giving person. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but a, a still,
1: presence. it it had to have been a strange upbringing. <laughs> I googled Asia Argento XXX. Don't do that.
2: Oh, um, oh no. <laughs> rather, I That was on me. Or or wrong, no, I i said that wrong. It
1: was up to you. Yeah, I with her filmography, and she was in Triple X, and she was in Triple X okay. okay. Return of Xander Cage. Okay. okay. She's also in Marie Antoinette. Ah,
2: That's right. Interesting. That's right. And in uh,
1: some of her dad's later films, and also Land of the Dead. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, she she's, did something. She's had quite a career.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, I mean, without reservation, this is, I, I'm so glad we got around to doing it. And, and honestly, I hope it's not the end because there are other Argento films. I mean.
2: Oh, right. Uh, I tell?
0: Sadly, I have not seen the third of the Three Mothers trilogy. Like which is it, the third so one? This, I... th- It is Mother of Tears is okay. the name of that one. So Inferno, which now, he made yeah. about three years after this, is the second film in that trilogy. And for whatever reason, I think he had intended to shoot. A third film okay. earlier, but it got to, and it was only made in like I don't know the two thousands. It was really you know, okay. 20, I think yeah, that's almost why I didn't thirty, 30 it. years I later. It. Yeah, um, and so at some point I got to
1: see that. Deep so Red it. is on my list of films. I, I knew I knew that Suspiria would be on my list. My Ooh. thirty. I'm going to watch 31 horror films in October. Yes, yeah. way to go. I'm way on track. Yay! <laughs> uh, but I put Deep Red on there because it was just on all of the list and research that I'd done to prepare the list. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, considered by many, you know, if not Argento's second best film, his first best film. Yeah. So yeah, Deep Red, I'm looking forward to watching that.
0: I yeah. think you really almost can't go wrong with anything he did right up through the 80s. Like it, 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 yeah. Opera is a great film. That was towards oh, the end of I the loved 80s. Opera
2: actually. Um, the eyeball. Tenebre.
0: Yeah. The yeah. The, it, he, you you can't go wrong. Like once you hit the nineties, I've seen a couple of those films that I was not (laughs) as enamored with, but, um, but I really do need to probably go in and fill, some, fill in some gaps myself, like with The Mother yeah. of Tears and, and some of the more recent stuff. I have an done.
2: Argento marathon.
1: Yeah. I've, I've got uh, 2012, he did Dracula 3D. I heard terrible things. I heard oh. nothing but terrible things.
2: Yeah, I watched that. It's bad, bad, what, bad the main Is it Luke uh, Luke Evans? Is that the one with Luke Evans as uh, Dracula? Uh,
1: Thomas Kretschmann, Rutger Hauer i don't see his name
2: okay maybe i'm thinking of something else yeah
1: there have been so many
2: dreams. and then and then
1: been. 10 years later he made his the last film he's still with us but the, right. the most recent film 2022 dark glasses know nothing about it yeah dark glasses i i haven't seen that or okay. yeah but they took a big gap no he, kidding. between the 2012 yeah. and yeah well, well that I, is really odd Hey, when, when, you, when you get into your 70s, and, oh, you <laughs> know, you,
2: you, you, you
0: wait for the film that makes sense. I don't know. I don't know but but I really it out. Who, who knows how many more we'll get. I'm Argento. Trying. We did it. We did. I feel very good. Yeah. Well, you should. This is this is an important film. I'm glad I'm glad we finally at least tackled one of his films, and I and I'm sure we'll get back mm-hmm. to him someday. But I, but I think mm-hmm. if we're gonna do any, Suspiria was the one to
2: do for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is the most notable one. I think uh, so much to it, not just uh, the kills, but you know, cinematography, acting, uh, just the way it was put together. I, I don't think about it, it was you know. There was more. It's just like Bay of Blood. There was so much more to it than you think it would be. And, you know, as we know now, that's what it was. But back then, people didn't know what they were going to see. They're not they didn't know what they're watching. So um, I think that just like brings, you know, to the surrealism of it. And, you know, just all that fun. Honestly, I just I love it. It's fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. This me. is a fun way to start all Horror October <laughs> yeah. with these films, for yeah. sure. Do
2: something different. Watch something different. Uh, go yeah. back. Go back to the because OG- well, it can feel. You know, we were talking like. It,
0: you know, I think within any genre, it can feel monotonous sometimes if you just lock into. You know, I mean, whatever it you is, you get like,
2: desensitized to certain things, yeah. and it's just like, oh, I've seen this and before. And sometimes stepping
0: out and being like, okay, wait, let, let's look at another pocket. In here, right? Like, I haven't seen these Italian films from the seventies. I should check this, and you are going to gain from it. You are going to, even if you don't love those films, you are going to see more. Like, well, what are what are filmmakers now doing? How were they influenced? How did that sort of evolve? I think it's very worth. What did they do
2: differently back then? Right now,
0: yeah, we we're not doing anything differently with the beer because (laughs) this is a beer that's been on the market since eighteen forty six. Wow, um, you know, presumably. With a very similar recipe to what was being made then, a pale lager, light, easy drinking. It should be. I've found it to be that. I don't know how. how do, I know Joe. I'm I'm more the lager guy in the house. So obviously this is going to be up my alley. This
1: is a lovely, well-made lager, and you can tell it's a recipe that's worked for them for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And if I see a Peroni Nastro Azzurro available, and that's the only thing that's you know away from that AB InBev family, uh huh. I'm ordering it. Yeah, period. I enjoyed this very much. Yeah. I'm turning a little on loggers, and that's just because, like you know, kids eat broccoli once they don't like it. a few times, they, they develop changes, a taste for it. Loggers are my broccoli, and I'm overcoming them.
2: There you go. Yeah, sometimes it takes a few a few watches. Like I had to watch Bay of Blood again to, yeah. to appreciate <laughs> there something. You
0: go. I know then, there's something there. Oh ah, yeah, there. I yeah. was like,
2: ah, there has to be. You know, I'm always watching Suspiria every once in a while. Anyway, so that, the that's OG a regular
0: uh, return. Yeah, viewing. but
2: I'm I'm such an oddball i will go from like suspiria frankenhooker <laughs> and, <laughs> that's another you of your know, regular rotation one yeah so nice. it's was just like I, I just go to so Ma- my favorite
0: different- vhs box in the video store back in the day because it had the button you could push and it had like a little voice recording
1: yep. on it uh, I, what, what
0: did it say it was like wanna
1: date wanna date, yeah, there wanna you go. date? Yeah. Yeah. oh my god so when awesome. you work in a video store when Frankenhooker is available on video, oh, yeah. you steal the little, um a, a few of the little uh, voice things yeah. inside. That's hilarious. And then if you pull this little wire back, it doesn't stop saying it. And you oh. put it in someone's backpack and walk away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is so much. Oh fun. my god! Going on Want eBay, see if I can find those. E- yeah, right. I wonder if any are functioning at this yeah, point. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, be funny.
0: Really, the beauty of all of our episodes is that the conversation certainly may start here, but it does not end here, right? Because mm-hmm. the best thing about Beer in a Movie is that you can find us talking about movies all the time across all kinds of different social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can go to our website, beerinamoviepodcast.com, for some nice curated lists of our episodes, as well as the link to our Tea Public store where you can find various forms of merch. You can join our chat on Discord. Please do, if you'd like. Just ask for an invite. Uh, we're under the name Beer and a Movie. The conversation continues. Love exchanging movie news and different uh, trailers when they pop up and having conversations about, uh, is this one worth watching? Are we going to check this out? Also... Uh, we've mentioned that we're going to extend this very conversation on this episode ourselves and our patreon subscriber only after hours bonus episode so if you'd like to hear that which i hope you do please sign up at patreon.com slash beer in a movie podcast and we know right now you're listening on one of your favorite podcast platforms but before you leave won't you please rate us and leave a review we hope you'll make it five stars so that the Algorithm can do what it do and put us out there as an option for more listeners. Do it, or
2: I'll find you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, Ronnie's gonna get you. Yeah.
0: You've just <laughs> experienced another Jalorific episode of Beer in a Movie. Until next time.